Hello, and welcome to the Blog to Who cast. again everybody and welcome to another edition of the blog to who cast i am your host bedway gullage and you join me once again for another cut down episode of the blog to who cast as susan and i review an episode from series 10 this week world enough and time so let's dive straight in to that conversation hello i'm russell t davis and you're listening to the blog to who cast So Susan and I are drawing towards the end of our Series 10 reviews and we are at the penultimate episode, World Enough and Time, which is an odd title. (laughs) Don't you agree, Susan? Yes, I have no idea why it's called that. And it's one of those episodes where all I can remember it as is the one before the very one, the last one, which had John Sims in it and was great. (laughs) So that's my title for it. (laughs) Yeah, World Enough and Time... No idea why. No, don't don't understand it at, at all. But as an episode, I'm going to go out and say right now, this is one of the best pieces of Doctor Who that I have ever seen. I think it's phenomenal. It's brilliant. I love the episode completely. It p- applies into all the the um, the best of the science fiction part of it. The only one that competes is that other episode, which I cannot get the name right, which is either Heaven Sent or Hellbent, and the one that's brilliant and the other one that's not. <laughs> heaven Sent. Sure, it's Heaven Sent. It's the first bit, I think. It's the yes. first one. Yeah. I can tell you the whole story, but yeah, don't ask me the name. No, for me, I think I think this tops even that. I think this has so many great elements to it. It has the portrayal of the Cybermen that I've always wanted to see because for me the Cybermen have always been uh, sick and dying inhabitants of a planet clinging on to life and uh, I mean we'll get into the patients and, and all that sort of stuff a bit later but as a episode of Doctor Who, it was incredible. We were fortunate enough to watch a preview, weren't we, Susan? And, yes, uh, we were. I watched it uh, with my partner and my father actually came down and watched it. And I think for about 30 seconds after it ended, we just sat in silence trying to take it all in. It was that good. It was really, really good. And it was very hard week not to be able to talk to him. Two weeks? We had it two weeks early. I don't know. It was very hard not to be able to talk to everyone about the thing um, because uh, there were a number of people who had seen the trailer and I just, nope, <laughs> not yeah. saying anything to you today. Uh, but it was a um, brilliant episode. I love John Sim as Razor. Yeah, it's. I'll hold my hand up. I didn't spot that it was John Sim. Had we not known that 
John Sim was coming back, I wouldn't have worked it out at the very end, and I mean at the very, very end, when he's speaking with Michelle Gomez and Missy. At that point, I worked it out, but prior to that, I hadn't got it. And and if if we hadn't have had it spoiled or told to us at all that John Sim was coming back, then my jaw would have hit the floor. And it was pretty close to the floor by that point anyway. It would have been a really brilliant surprise if they managed to keep that one secret. I worked it out three quarters of the way through only because I knew John Sim was coming back. Um, so that's about it. so it took me a bit to get through. But having thought about it just right now, it strikes me as that master was very, very much the same master that's in the big Finnish war master tales. Okay, yeah. It's got that same kind of, uh, you know, the good master or whatever episode that was. It was actually very, kind of had that same kind of feel to it. Very interesting. I, I just occurred to me right now. But he he was brilliant in that. Um, and, uh, uh, Bill coming to rely on him as much as she did the doctor, in a sense. Uh, was it not? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, obviously, she wakes up in the sort of hospital environment and doesn't, you know, is this is all new to her, so she needs some sort of guide, I suppose. And Razor fills that role because, you know, he's obviously been in it for a little while longer than she has. And yeah, I th- I mean, let's start at the beginning with, with this episode and we have Missy, Bill, Nadol and the Doctor on the top of the ship with its, I can't remember which way around it is, but one end of it is pointing towards the black hole mm-hmm. and it's the first introduction of a really interesting scientific concept when we get the idea of one part of the ship moving at a different rate of time than another Oh, part. I love that part of it. I thought that was very clever. Okay. Uh, it's true. Yeah, which again is one of uh, one of the great science fiction-y ideas that Doctor Who can do really well when it gets it right. And it's, yeah, it works brilliantly in this in this situation. Definitely. It was brilliant. And I really loved how it just aged going through there. I like the fact that they just sat there watching the telly, watching, well, this how far have they moved? <laughs> His eyebrow went up. He's questioning something there. It's quite an abstract concept, really. But the way it's explained to the viewer, just in, in those simple terms of, mm-hmm. well, what's he doing today? Oh, his eyebrow's gone up a little bit gives you that idea of oh wow this you know that part of the ship is moving so much slower than the rest so Moffat sometimes puts concepts together that people do not get and can't comprehend and I think the way he executed this one was just spot on it was really well done um it made it the the viewer understand the technicalities of it to attach the emotion to it and to see how it reflected on the character. So so hats off to him. That was that's been one of his better, most brilliant pieces of uh, writing that he's done. So uh definitely hats off to him there. Agreed. Yeah, it was 
I'm I'm all for introducing, you know, timey wimey concepts, shall we say? Some of the say Weeping Angel stories or the end of series five with the uh, Pandorica and variations on the TARDIS exploding up and all that sort of stuff. Some of them can be quite abstract, but even this, although complicated in terms of an idea, is handled so well that you can get on board with it and it's fairly easy to follow. Yeah, so I think he executed this one ex- exceptionally well. Uh, so whilst on the top end of the ship, Bill is shot and has Killed. quite a, yeah, quite a gaping Killed. wound She's dead. in her chest. Yeah. And then we move on to the sort of hospital scenes, which are just amazing. It reminded me very much of uh, uh, what I expect a World War One uh, gassing with people type thing. People were in so much pain and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And just, uh, you know, that fella with the sound kept on hitting it. And do you remember that part? Yeah. That, for me, is one of the most, not terrifying, but thought-provoking moments of the show. It's this idea that you have this patient who is in pain, and he's trying to highlight that he's in pain, and the nurse just comes along and mutes it. Oh, it's just... Oh, what a moment that is, just alone. So you have this idea that although the patients are quite sedate in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but they are suffering. Mm -hmm. And it's that suffering which leads on to cyber conversion in the end. Yeah. And I think we'll come back to that particular scene where we get the patient in pain when when we talk about the final episode, because it's a massive issue I have with the start of the final episode given the context of these patients being in pain and how they're then presented at the start of the next episode but we'll get to that but yeah just although there we see where this is going don't we yeah in terms of the the stocking over the face and uh, a bit later on they develop the the round eyes mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. You you know where it's going. You do. And that makes it even more scary. So they weren't trying to hide it. And I think the fact that they actually executed on that was was exactly the right decision. It's, it's the journey that it takes you on. Yeah. Which is gripping and terrifying and all those adjectives. And ultimately, it's Bill that becomes the first Cyberman. Mm-hmm which I didn't see coming, I'll admit. I didn't expect that, which is foolish of me because, you know, Stephen Moffat's right, writing. He, you know, he likes to bump off a companion now and then, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And that, that closing moment where we get that brilliant sort of shot moving into Bill's eye underneath and the tear and, oh, it's... And I waited. Wow. Yeah. The eye yeah. waited was very painful. Mm. For the doctor and for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, for the audience. <laughs> it's a traumatic episode generally. Mm-hmm. Just to watch. 
again, like you know, like we were saying, because you know where it's going, mm-hmm. and you work it, and you work it out that this is a Mondasian ship, and you know from just knowledge of the Cybermen as to how this is going to turn out, but it it puts you through the ringer emotionally. I think it also works if you don't work it out too. That was the interesting thing. Sometimes these things don't work out for even if you didn't understand all the bits and pieces like if you were new into it and it, it works in both levels yeah that's a good point actually because if yeah because you get the discovery that the the ship has come from mondas yeah and if you don't if you don't make that connection then you, doesn't matter it doesn't make any difference because then you then have the the impact of bill becoming a Cyberman, mm-hmm. even more powerful because you haven't seen it that coming. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd. It, I, there aren't enough superlatives to describe this, ep- this episode. It's, it it completely blew me away. It, the interesting thing about it is the desperation of the people too. Yeah, you get that sense of people clinging on to life and. Obviously, there are going to be comparisons with spare parts because that's kind of the benchmark from mm-hmm. stories with uh, Cybermen or Mondas. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it does have that feel. It, you get that idea. Although it's this is on a colony ship rather than the planet. and I like this this impact much rather than the, um, the one on the parallel Pete's world. It had more of an emotional impact. Pete's world is someone enforcing their ideal on everyone else. And this one is more of a group just desperately, desperately trying to survive. Right? So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Which is is sadder and scarier. The other one is you weren't paying attention and you got bought, uh, which is is less... You have less sympathy for that. It's just a good episode, and I really enjoy it. And I think it was. I think these two episodes were in a brilliant close for Peter Capaldi's Doctor. Yes, I know. He said pretty much as soon as he became the Doctor. Oh, what you know? And journalists ask him, "Oh, what monsters would you like to go up against?" And all that sort of stuff. And you know, he said. Cybermen from the sixties and and uh, Mr. Moffat poo pooed him. I actually even saw him say those were rubbish on stage. Can't remember when that was. I think that was in the premiere. But anyway, it was it was something that uh, he did say were complete rubbish and you would never do that or something to the effect. Um, and obviously, he changed his mind and didn't do it. Well, I'm very glad that he did because, yeah, this episode made it, made it worth it. It was like I said earlier. It's this is how I saw the development of the Cybermen occurring. Well, it also was acceptable from this the this, the way they did develop here. It made sense because they would have it was a patch on people to keep them alive, etc. So it made sense. Yeah, there's a seems apt, but there's a logic to the progression from sick 
patients to sick patients trying to live longer mm. to people in pain and having that pain taken away with dehumanizing them yeah yeah the removal of emotions which you know is is what you get from uh one of you know the removal of of their emotions are going to is going to take away that pain and mm-hmm. you know and uh, so then it sets up not just the end of the series but the christmas episode because we get a shot of the doctor regenerating which is a, is a tease more than anything i mm-hmm. guess yeah obviously we get into that towards the end of the final episode again mm-hmm. which sets up the christmas special but it's interesting that it's positioned well right at the beginning of of this episode well, he's certainly getting better at hand controlling his regenerations. That's all I can say. He didn't used to be that good. <laughs> no, he sort of start regenerating, then he'd regenerate, and that would be it. But uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I think this pre-titles bit. Yeah, it's just it's just teasing you. It's just teasing the audience and asking that question as to whether oh, are we, are we sure Peter Capaldi's doing the Christmas special? Are we sure? Has that been confirmed yet? It just puts that doubt in the viewer's mind, doesn't it? It's not the first time. No, no, it's not. But it works on this occasion. It does work on this occasion. But I'm much happier with Doctor gets shot, Doctor gets ill, Doctor regenerates. (laughs) Yeah, I think the important thing for me is that even though we get that tease of the regeneration, it doesn't hang over the rest of the story. You're not waiting for the moment that might cause him to regenerate because you get swept up in the story and you get taken along with Bill's journey and the, well, torment that she goes through. So the possibility of the Doctor regenerating before the end of the season uh, is probably the first thing from your mind, Mm -hmm. which is a reflection of how good the story is and how how well the story is told. I just really enjoyed it. Um, it was a good episode, very good episode, and I really enjoyed having John Sims back. So. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think uh, I, that final reveal would have been even better had we not known that John Sims was coming back. But it didn't blunt the the effect too much for me. And I loved his look. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The master definitely came back as the master, did he not? <laughs> definitely, yeah. It was almost yes. like he's not been away. Correct. Well, thank you, Susan. Next time we'll be talking about the finale, which might not be quite as positive as this one, but we'll see. Yes. See you then. Take care. So that wraps up another episode of the Blog to Who cast. Next time, Susan and I will be talking The Doctor Falls. And stay tuned to the end of the show where there's a little preview. Until next time, though, listeners, don't forget you can send us in your feedback. Email blogtowhocast at dt-forum.com. Or on Twitter, we are at blogtowhocast. Don't forget, if you are using iTunes or the Apple Podcast app to listen to the show, take a couple of minutes just to give us a five-star review and add a little bit of feedback. Five-star reviews 
help boost us up the TV and film charts and make the show more visible for other potential listeners. So if you've enjoyed it, please share it. But for now and until next time, it's goodbye. short and sweet it's really hard to say much more than oh it's just a brilliant story yeah because so, it because it was well, it was yeah i can't remember what happened in the last one he nothing, fired every nothing happens <laughs> basically peter capaldi is amazing but nothing of any importance happens uh